In our busy world, family time frequently gets neglected. It is vital that we give attention to our families while we can, and it is especially important to give attention to what God says in His Word about our homes. For the next few minutes, let's join Scott Pauley as we open the Scriptures and find God's message for your family. The day that a child is born is such a special day. Uh, for mom, for dad, I remember holding each one of our children in uh, my arms for the first time and how profound it is, what a moving thing it is. And yet, all of us who've lived a little while know that having children and having a home is not just one special day. It's not just the birthday. No, there's, there's life after that. It's not just the wedding. It's the marriage that comes after that. It's a process. And most all of us are very well acquainted uh, with the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, the miraculous way in which God worked in Mary's life, how he ministered and spoke uh, to Joseph, how he led their family uh, in those early days. Uh, but I think very often we do not give enough thought uh, to what home life must have been like for them after the birth of our Lord Jesus. You remember Joseph had to continue to follow the promptings of God. You remember when he when he took a little detour for the safety of the child, and then at the right moment, the angel says, now it's safe, you can come back. You see, it's a process. There's a journey for every family. And it's not about the destination. It's about simply taking the next step. And so for the next several days, I'd like to draw your attention to a little portion of Scripture at the end of Luke chapter 2. Now, the beginning of Luke 2, we have the birth but at the end of Luke 2, we have the boyhood of our Lord Jesus. It is the only picture we're given in Scripture of the youthful years of our Lord Jesus Christ. And may I caution you, don't read into Scripture. I think it's good to read Scripture with a sanctified imagination to try to see what's being said and put yourself in the story. But it's not good to add to Scripture, to try to fill in blanks. Uh, because if God wanted us to know certain things, he would have told us. There are silent years, and there are in-between times, and there's a message even in that. But here is the one portrait we have of the youth of our Lord Jesus and of his relationship to Mary and Joseph, beginning in Luke 2 and verse number 39. The Bible says, And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth, and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Let me just pause for a moment before we go any further and just point out to you that in verse 39, mom and dad are doing what's right. And in verse 40, the child is the blessed beneficiary of that. Friends, when you and I obey God, our children will know greater blessing as a result. Now, certainly they'll come to a place where they have to make their own choices and their own decisions. But I think sometimes we want our children to live in verse 40 when we're not living in verse number 39. Now, Luke 2.39 says they performed all things according to the law of the Lord. They did exactly what God said to do the way God said to do it. When we're living lives of obedience, our children grow up in that spirit, in that attitude. And so the Bible says of our Lord Jesus, the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. 
Could I simply point out that the emphasis of his growth is on the internal, on the spiritual, on what truly matters. And in our homes, that's where our emphasis should be, not on uh, all the peripheral things and the material things. No, but on the things that truly matter, the things that are going to last the rest of their life, and yes, the things that will last for all eternity. And then we're given a very specific illustration of this in the lives of Joseph, Mary, and our Lord Jesus. The Bible says, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. May I pause and say that most parents at some point have lost a child. I mean by that, uh, left a child in a car. I got separated from a child in a store. I remember years ago, uh, Tammy and I went to a wedding. We drove separately. We met there. And at the end, we decided to go somewhere to eat. And we both had children and we left. We got to the restaurant, got out of the car. And uh, Morgan was there. Grant was there. And I said to my wife, where's Lauren? She said, she's with you. I said, no, she's with you. At that moment, uh, we had the, the horrifying realization we had left a child behind. Our phone rang, and our pastor's wife, God bless her, said, are you missing something? And so we turned around and found the missing child. It's always the middle child, isn't it? Uh, but uh, I understand something of what these parents must have been feeling, uh, the, the terror, where is he? And if you think it was unusual that they lost him, it really isn't because in that day they traveled by caravan. And so they thought he's with cousins, he's with aunts, and he's with uncles. And so they turn around, they find him. Verse 46, it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. When they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. I wish I could read that like she must have said it. Every child knows mama has a tone. I'm sure she had the tone. And he said it to them, How is it that ye sought me? Wished ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And this is really the only perfect teenager. There's no perfect teenager except for the Lord Jesus. He's the only perfect teenager, and there are no perfect parents. Joseph and Mary were not perfect. There were things they didn't understand. There were things they didn't quite get at first. But there is here a pattern and some principles for all of us. May I just point two or three out to you today? First of all, notice that there's religious instruction taking place. They took him up to Jerusalem. They took him up to the feast like the Jewish people were supposed to do. And where is he? He's at the temple receiving instruction like Jewish boys would receive. I love this. Children need consistent guidance both at home and at church. Tie your children uh, to what's going on at the local New Testament church. We know this temple is not the same as the church, but there's a principle here of religious instruction, instruction from the Word of God. Look, they're going to leave your home someday, but they ought to be connected to the church for the rest of their life. And there are two extremes. There are people that think they don't need church, and then there are those who depend solely on the church. I'm going to tell you, the religious instruction needs to start in our homes and then be reinforced at the place that God has set aside for people to be taught the Word of God. And then there's not only religious instruction, there's a real intent here. What was the real intent? The intent 
was not just for him to do something, but for him to become everything the Heavenly Father wanted him to become. The chapter ends this way, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. It's not just to get our kids to do right. No, it is to be what God wants them to be. And then, notice here, there's a repeated institution. The institution that gets emphasized again and again is the home. He goes home with them. He's subject to them. He continues to grow there. This is the great emphasis of Scripture. May I just simply say today that your family and your church family ought to be working together. The church team and the home team are the same team. And what are we all doing? We're all working hard to pass on truth to the next generation. Mom, Dad, you can't do it by yourself. Uh, You're going to need uh, the reinforcement of others. Let it begin at home and let it continue by putting your children under the right kind of instruction in a local New Testament church. We'll come back to the passage, Luke 2, in our next study and look at this more particularly in the life of the Lord Jesus and what can we apply in our lives and to our young people. Oh, may God help all of us just to have the home he wants us to have. We hope that you will spend some time talking with your family today about these truths from God's Word and spend time praying for each member of your family. You may find additional podcasts, helpful articles, full-length Bible messages, and other resources at enjoyingthejourney.org. Until next time, may God bless you and your family.